Welcome to the 98th edition of Dub Nation, the official show of the Utah Warriors of Major League Rugby. I don't know what we're doing for the 100th show. We'll figure it out in a couple of weeks. I am Jerem Jordan alongside Banks. We've got a loaded show in uh, late July here. Here's what's on the program. All MLR teams are out, which Warriors made it. Brandon Sparks, the general manager, moves on. We'll talk about his impact. Expansion talk in Major League Rugby. What is Nick Benson saying in regards to cities that could have a new MLR team? USA U20 reps from the Warriors pathway. Pretty cool to see three guys on that team. And the Collegiate Rugby Shield was awesome. Okay, we start with the all-MLR teams. Banksy, Lance Williams for the second straight year is on the first team. Joe Mano and Caleb Makany on the second. Joel Hodgson, honorably mentioned. What do you think? I thought Lance absolutely earned it. There were several snubs, I think, that you could have put into that list. Uh, I think the Warriors not making the playoffs was really the difference in having four guys named overall and having eight guys named overall uh, not having a warrior anywhere on the front row I think is a bit of a shock so Joe Mono being on the second team let's talk about it uh, Nate Augsburger is the first team 11 left winger I could have seen Joe there um, it, you know and they didn't they they didn't say okay we're gonna put one of you on the left one of you on the right they did like true 11s right so I, I guess I get that one, although Joe was spectacular. Nate was too. Uh, but, you know, and like you said, not making the playoffs was there. Lance, uh, frankly, I thought Lance had a really good year. I thought he might be on the second team. I was pleasantly surprised uh, that he was on the first. Caleb Mockney on the second I thought was perfect. And then Joel Hodgson, um, I thought honorable mention, which is essentially the third team, I thought was pretty good. Um, did you feel like there were others, it sounds like, that should or could have been on the list? And if so, who? I think not having any of our front rowers in there, I think you could have put Bell in there as one of the hookers. He had a fantastic season, but I get that he missed a lot of it due to injury so that he wasn't there, but the games that he played in, he was really good. And then to not have Paul Mullen or Gus McClellan in that list, you're talking about a guy that hit 75 caps this year in Gus McClellan and played with form at every turn and in every match. You know, to not have a guy like that in your first or second team, that's a bit of short-sighted news because both of our tight head props were way better than most others in the league. Dealing in collegiate athletics as much as I do, a lot of times they'll be like, all right, the uh, basketball, you know, all WCC conference team, it's like they'll do 10 dudes. I'm like, there's only five on the court. So I'm, I'm glad that it's just like straight up 15, straight up 15. So it's basically, are you in the top three at your position Four Warriors honored as such, so congratulations to those guys. And uh, well done by Lance to go back-to-back first team. He's with the USA 7s, by the way, training as we speak. So hopefully we'll see these guys coming up in September. And there's a lot of different faces that we could see in the red, white, and blue when Stade Toulouseon visit and take on the USA Eagles here in Utah at America First Field. Be there for one of the most storied franchises in all of rugby. September 17th, go to warriorsrugby.com or check out the Rugby Alliance to get your tickets. It's going to be a lot of fun, man. Cannot wait for the Eagles and, and uh, Toulouse to be in town. Okay, uh, next item here. Utah Warriors general manager Brandon Sparks announced on social media he is moving on after four years with the club, initially as the director of operations, then as general manager and director of rugby. He helped the Warriors uh, be a contender, not only uh, in 2021 making the playoffs, but this last season came up just short. He also helped found the Collegiate Rugby Shield, which has been a success the last two years. Thanks. How would you summarize the impact of Brandon Sparks on the Utah Warriors? Uh, you know, you always want to leave a place better than when you got there, right? And I think Brandon Sparks 
absolutely crushed it by that measure. I think the Warriors as an organization uh, from top to bottom, whether it's the team on the field on any given weekend or it's the Pathways players, whether it's the club scene here that he got so many different guys involved in, Warriors as a whole club and Dub Nation as a fan base are better off having Brandon having been involved. He can be quite a polarizing figure. Uh, he's a very strong personality, very outspoken personality. I get all of those things to the naysayers, but what Brandon is good at, he's better at than anyone. And uh, I, for one, will definitely miss him around the sheds. He was a straight shooter and he really helped uh, us prepare for games and help understand what was going on, which was great. So best of luck to Brandon. He did a really nice job. The, uh, the talent that wasn't just hired guns that came in and was developed, not only through the pathway program, but really, really like cheeky signings that are like, okay, Joel Hodgson is near, you know, later in his career, but he can provide some experience and he's still got it. He comes over and has this massive impact, right? The ability to get Paul Asike back to the team the last couple of years has been awesome. To develop Lance Williams from a guy who was playing locally in the community, former college football player, to back-to-back first-teamer. Like, these are some of the great stories, uh, among many others, from Brandon Sparks. So, best of luck to him. The team announced um, in the same release that it's, uh, you know, uh, Greg Cooper, uh, Robbie Abel's going to stay as one of the assistants. Obviously, we mentioned Sean Davies. They're hiring two more. So, we're actually going to walk in next year, makes you with two uh, more assistance for a total of three with Greg Cooper. That'll be a new look. Well, and I think this is just Greg Cooper kind of putting his stamp now on what the Utah Warriors are going to be and taking more of that leadership role, which as a head coach is what you want, right? Like if you're going to bake a cake, you want to pick the ingredients and it's all on Coops now to continue to lead this team and this nation, dare I say, forward. You know, when you look backwards at what Sparks did during his tenure with the commitment to the Pathways program, teaming up and kind of mentoring Nick Calling to develop the uh, Collegiate Rugby Shield. That commitment to developing American rugby will continue at the Major League Rugby level, but now we have the added experience internationally of having someone like Greg Cooper and his coaching staff continue to develop and grow the game and hopefully bring more success to the club. Okay, next up, MLR expansion. Miami joining the league next season, 13th team, 7th team in the East, 16 teams in the West. MLR CEO Nick Benson, formerly uh, with the Utah Warriors last year. Talked to the Sports Business Journal recently about the league and mentioned some potential expansion cities. Here they are. He listed Nashville, Hot Chicken, hello, Orlando, L.A., Raleigh, and, quote, somewhere overseas as markets the league is looking at. Banksy, what do you think? I think there's a lot of opportunities uh, all over the league. I mean, obviously, there's a, there's a hole in L.A. There's a hole in Austin, Texas, where there used to be franchises. If I'm the league, from a business standpoint, L.A. looks appealing. But I think it's just it's mostly a dumpster fire because of the way that that relationship deteriorated, that putting a club back in that market is, is going to be really, really difficult. I think of everything out there right now, I love the idea of having a team in Nashville, that really, I mean, as a city, as a culture, as a as a hub inside the southern states, to have a franchise in that city, I think would be absolutely fantastic. And I'd love to see that develop for Nashville. Orlando would be uh, uh, obviously a tourist destination. Raleigh would be interesting, too, to uh, make, make it into North Carolina. And then somewhere overseas, where do we think he's talking about? Well, I... I, I can say some things on the record and I could say some things <laughs> off the record. Which way do you want this to go, Jerem Jordan? Which there, are part, there are partnerships and conversations that are working and being had on the national, 
on the hemispherical and on the international level that are way above my pay grade. And I can't speak to them intelligently other than to say, I have heard the rumblings of some things happening across the Americas so in South general. America. And, and that really excites me. So I don't know that it will necessarily be uh, overseas as far as getting to like Australasia. I even heard rumors at one point of, of Hawaii, but the logistical travel of all of that is, is incredibly difficult. Um, but going north-south now, when we talk about maybe adding a team in Canada, we've heard rumblings of Vancouver. Now we're talking and looking about a place in Central and South America with uh, Uruguay, with Argentina obviously being a fantastic rugby powerhouse with what they've developed into with their national team. I think there's a lot of options to grow this beyond just an American competition. And that could be really good for business. Interesting. Yeah. The, the idea to go overseas is, is uncommon to traditional American sports, but there are several rugby leagues where you're combining multi-continent competitions that aren't the world cup. Um, so this, this could be interesting. Okay. We'll keep an eye on that. All right, next up, USA uh, U-20s pathway players, the United States uh, in the uh, World Rugby U-20 trophy competition right now. They they lost Sunday 33-31 to uh, Uruguay, speaking of uh, South America. Three former pathway players with the Warriors involved here, all starters, by the way, JT Yosefa, Will Sherman, and Isake Tukuafu, all repping the United States. Head coach is Kyle Sumption, who used to play in MLR for Rugby United New York. He played collegially locally at BYU. Uh, they're playing Scotland tomorrow at 5 a.m. Mountain. I know you're getting up to watch that one. But, yeah, cool for these three guys to be on the United States team, led by a guy that used to play here locally as well. When you're talking about kids that played up through the high school ranks at East High School that are going to college all over the place, but to to have names like Will Sherman, to have uh, uh, Isake Tukuafu, to have JT involved, all guys that we've seen in the red and black, I just think this speaks really to the core message that uh, Kimball Care, Brandon Sparks, and others have said, where we want Utah to be the epicenter of rugby in North America, to continue to develop these elite-level athletes who are dedicated to our sport, where uh, so for so many years, right, like the conversation has always been, well, we need to find these D1-level football athletes and convert them into rugby players. Well, now we're seeing the exposure of the sport grow to the point where these guys are choosing rugby over football and sticking to it. You know, and so it's it's been really exciting when you see guys who kind of set the table for that. Guys like Saul Ching, guys like Lance Williams, uh, you know, and Logan Tongo, among others, who had those those chances in football. Even a Haloti Nata, who played uh, call it or played high school rugby and then switched to football to be able to take care of his family. The opportunities are now there for these guys to also take care of their families, but to commit to a sport that they love. And I think these three guys specifically from Utah representing Utah incredibly well on the international stage. Best of luck to those three and the United States and Kyle Sumption uh, against Scotland coming up Thursday at 5 a.m. Mountain time. They got to summon their, what, 2018 energy when the United States beat Scotland uh, in, in 15s with the senior team. That was awesome. Okay. Last but not least, uh, the collegiate rugby shield, another smash hit the second annual uh, Premier College uh, Rugby Combine and All-Star Game that was on FS1. We were part of the broadcast. That was a ton of fun for us. Hopefully you enjoyed it as well. In case you missed it, the game came down to the wire, literally five minutes into extra time. Canyons beats Peaks 32-31 on hooker Matthew Conway of St. Bonaventure, scoring a spectacular try to win. It was awesome. 
And the quick steps at the end for the finish from Conway. Well, I mean, what a great show all of these athletes and coaches and organizers put on. It has become a rugby spectacle for these athletes to showcase their talents and abilities before the MLR draft, as well as some invitees who are not eligible for the draft, who were able to show out some local kids getting some time there from Utah as well to fill some roster spots due to injuries. But the Collegiate Rugby Shield, I think, was attended by seven or eight of the Major League Rugby teams. I heard representatives there scouting talents uh, and checking it out, as well as, and we talked about this on the broadcast, representatives from NASCAR looking to maybe recruit athletes for their pit crews because they said they like that. NFL linebacker type build guys that are six foot to 20 to 25 and change that are really built for the rigors of running a NASCAR pit team. So it was really cool to see not just rugby get exposure through what the CRS has become, but to see rugby continue to reach new audiences in NASCAR was super exciting. Brock Silvers is his name and he's the pit crew coach and he was there. You talked to him. It was great. And uh, in the lead up on Tuesday, uh, chatting with them at, at practice, it was like, yeah, what, what is it that you're interested in? And it's exactly what you said. And then I was down at Big 12 Football Media Days, and I talked to a Baylor tight end named Drake Dabney. I said, what are you going to do after football? And he goes, well, I've heard about this NASCAR pit crew. And I go, are you kidding me? I said, yesterday I talked to the coach. I said, <laughs> you want you his up, number? <laughs> I'm getting you his number. Um, so we're going to make that happen. But, yeah, it was a very cool showcase. A lot of talent. We saw three 50-22s. Like, that's a that's a hard kick to execute. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna correct you on that, Jerem. We saw two 50-22s, and we saw one 22 to 22. What a monster kick that was! Amazing, Just incredible showcase of talent from all 50 guys that put it all out there. And like you said, a last minute try at the death to win it. It was entertaining. It was exciting. It was a great moment to celebrate these collegiate athletes. And it's overall just a fantastic showcase that we have to thank Nick Calling, who, who spearheads it all. And, of course, backed up by Brendan Sparks and the entire Utah Warriors organization to, to Tui, to, uh, to Ray, to, to, to uh, Charlie, to, to all the coaching staffs that, that came out and helped teach and bring this next generation of rugby players. As we look at the Rugby World Cup being held here in the USA eight years from now, right? Those are the athletes that are going to develop and feature in that Rugby World Cup. Those are the guys that are going to be 28, 29, 30 years old and just coming into their rugby prime as the World Cup hits. So you are literally looking at the future stars, both domestically and internationally, for American rugby in the CRS. It was awesome. Tons of talent. Uh, nice local flavor as well with some Warriors Pathway players, three BYU guys, Utah Valley kid and Thomas Williams. It was It was fun, man. Um, how how the heat compared to last year on the field? Uh, I I don't know. I was busier this year. I had uh, shout out <laughs> to Mike Lash. Uh, I had Mike Lashy's help with me last year, so I didn't have to do as much. I don't think I had quite the time to catch my breath this year that I did last year. So maybe it was just because I was busier, but it was definitely hot. I had Kimball Care feeding me some body armors and some cold water that he had snuck around from the back because he could see I was perspiring a little bit. You know, I'm very delicate in my old age. I'm not the physical specimen that I used to be. I need a little more care and nurturing to maintain my peak physical performance. Got to hydrate. And uh, <laughs> you did, which is good. That was a ton of fun. Yeah, lots to cover on this show. Uh, again, we're, we're just, what, two months away from Toulouse coming to town. we got the Major League Rugby draft coming up in less than a month as well. So there's lots to do. There's two assistant coaches to hire. There's signings. There's kits to design. There's schedules to releases, uh, release later. 
So again, the off season is not quite the off season that it, that it may have used to uh, have been. Well, uh, that'll do it for us. Like and share this episode of Dumb Nation and follow the Utah Warriors on social media for the latest and greatest for Mason Benson and Banksy. I am Jerem. Go Warriors.